This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance agencies provide individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Good Monday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. A group of ag and environmental stakeholders are offering suggestions for a USDA-run carbon bank. In a set of recommendations rolled out today, the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance suggests a carbon bank pilot project through the Department of Agriculture could pave the way for broader adaptation of the kinds of practices that would qualify for carbon credits or other financial rewards. They say an approach could help with the tricky subject of finding the best way to measure the amount of carbon sequestered in the soil, determining the risks of reversing those emissions reductions, and other issues surrounding the concept. Phil Brasher has more in his story on agripulse.com. The Biden administration is seeking to undo the granting of a handful of biofuel mandate waivers done in the final days of the Trump administration. In documentation filed with the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals on Friday, the Environmental Protection Agency says it's not sure three small refinery exemptions issued to Sinclair oil facilities would stand up to the legal rigor required by the court in a January 2020 decision. The agency is seeking to remand three waivers back to the agency. Jeff Cooper with the Renewable Fuels Association says those three waivers would have implications on about 260 million gallons of biofuel demand. Speaking of biofuels, Episode 2 of AgriPulse's Deep Dive on Biofuels is live with a comprehensive look at low-carbon fuel standards. It's a policy that's been tried in some states already, and some see it as a potential piece of the biofuels policy mix after congressionally set volumes for the renewable fuel standard expire in 2022. No matter what happens with the conversations around a national LCFS or more state policies, Growth Energy CEO Emily Score says the industry is looking to keep the RFS around. It's very important for us that anything that we do is additive and it's an addition to the renewable fuel standard, not as a substitute for. The RFS um, has been one of our most successful energy policies and, and agricultural policies. So we need to make sure first and foremost that we're optimizing the RFS. And then in addition, um, let's have additional conversations about what we can do in kind of a phase two approach. On that point, the oil and biofuels industries are likely headed for a path to disagreement. That's according to Jeff Moody with the American Fuel and Petrochemical Manufacturers. Any kind of conversation about an LCFS, you have to talk about it as not not additional to the RFS. There's more on the SRE case in our story on agripulse.com. The latest deep dive episode sponsored by the National Corn Growers Association can be found on the website or your favorite podcast app. Finally today, the leader of the Senate Judiciary Committee is throwing his support behind House-passed farmworker legislation. Earlier this year, the House passed the Farm Workforce Modernization Act for the second time in as many sessions of Congress. It didn't move in the Republican-controlled Senate, but Illinois Democrat Dick Durbin says he still wants to see the bill pass this time around. The farm labor bill that passed out of the House with bipartisan support needs to be passed in the Senate. I'm working on it night and day on a bipartisan basis. It's time we did something about immigration in a thoughtful way. He says it will be key to bring the bill to the floor with a filibuster-proof level of support. 
I've taken immigration bills, one called the DREAM Act, to the floor of the Senate five times in the last 20 years, and I lost every time. Had a majority every time. Never could get 60 votes. So if you're talking about a farm labor amendment, uh, you've got to make sure that you have that kind of a majority in the Senate to make it work. The Judiciary Committee has jurisdiction over immigration policy in the Senate, giving Durbin, who also serves on Senate Ag, key influence over the issue. There's more from Durbin, including his thoughts on climate, infrastructure, and trade policy in this week's open mic on agripulse.com. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's Drive Time is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 330 million acres of farmland, Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.